Hello and welcome back to another episode of De Stefano Talks, Talking Scottish Football, and this is episode number five. On the podcast today, myself and Lewis recapped all the action from the Scottish Premiership as well as the Betfred Cup semi-final matches at Hamden as well. Uh, There wasn't too many games for us to get our teeth into but we recapped the action the best we could uh, and we hope that you enjoy it. Unfortunately, Ryan McGinley, uh, who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, was supposed to be on the podcast today but unfortunately um, something came up and he couldn't come on. Uh, The same for Ben McNichol who uh, is a big Hamilton fan, but also a student journalist. Um, He had conflicting schedules as well for today. So, as I say, it was just myself and Lewis. Uh, But we did recap the action uh, as best we could, uh, and we also previewed the action that's to come this Wednesday as we've got a full card of Scottish Premiership games uh, going on. So we hope you enjoy that. So without further ado, let's just get into the podcast uh, this is De Stefano Talks, Talking Scottish Football, episode number five. Lewis, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Pleasure to be here. Good stuff, just me and you today. Um, should be a, a good one, um, an interesting one. I'll probably get to talk a wee bit more than I, I normally would, so um, that should be good. Um, so let's start off then with uh, the first game um, to cover this weekend, which was, there wasn't many to cover, um, but it was Aberdeen versus Motherwell. Uh, what did you think of that? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, it sort of sums up Scottish football, didn't it? Last week, Aberdeen were away getting beat 4-1 off Ross County and Burrow were drawn one each with top of the league Rangers and now all of a sudden Aberdeen are picking up the three points but nah, I think it was, it's a game that always sort of intrigues you I know sort of Motherwell maybe haven't been doing as well but when you see Aberdeen v Motherwell on the fixture list it's something I would say you'd look forward to it's maybe one of the bigger fixtures in the league and Derek McInnes I'm sure will be happy with the three points playing against a possibly rejuvenated Motherwell side with a new manager yeah, no, that definitely. As you say, you know, last week they were getting um, done off of Ross County in the, the Highlands and Motherwell were, were drawn with the league leaders. So it was kind of your typical Scottish football that they, that they would um, end up losing and Aberdeen would end up winning. Um, a little bit of breaking news on Aberdeen. Scott Wright's just um, signed a pre-contract with Rangers. He played in the game on Saturday. Um, I'd I don't know if I expected Aberdeen to win it when I seen obviously the, the game was on. I thought it you know, it could be quite a tight, close affair, but you know, Aberdeen edged out two uh, 0 winners. Um one of the, the biggest probably the the biggest talking point of the game was the uh, the Polworth red card. W- what did you think of that? Yeah, it was quite a strange one because I'd obviously heard I had I wasn't watching the game live, so I'd heard he'd been sent off. And when I was watching the highlights, I seen the sort of there was a bit of handbags in the middle of the park, I think, at one point, which they received a yellow card for. But I thought maybe when I first seen it, that might have been what the red card they got. And I was like, that's a bit harsh. But then, obviously, kept going. He was still in the park. Maybe that came into the referee's mind in terms of that before. But it was definitely a strange one seeing it was filled by Ferguson. And then he seemed to say something to Ferguson. But then the referee was standing over him and he seemed to have a conversation. So it was definitely a very strange one that maybe he needs explained as to why he got a red card. But in a way, Polworth wasn't complaining so it's de- definitely one of the stranger red cards you'll see in 
again, Scottish football. <laughs> no, definitely. I, th- I thought it was a strange one because I thought he was clattered by Ferguson. Mm-hmm. I thought that should at least be a yellow card for for Lewis Ferguson. But it was a strange one, especially the you know the the camera angle that that sports scene gave us. You, you, you didn't really get a clear understanding of of why he was sent off or you know what happened because it didn't look like he said something. But I suppose he must have because referee's not just going to send them off for. For anything, oh, surely anyway, you would think so. Um, do you think Motherwell could appeal that? As I say, I don't think there was much complaint. I think in terms of my appeal, the, the SFA are going to go with the referee's word. And if, if he said something, maybe they'll get away with saying, oh, he said it to Ferguson. But if it's for foul and abusive language, I don't know. It must have been something bad that said. So it's, I think it'd be, let's say, worth an appeal. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was... Was like wasn't overturned. Yeah. Get me. Nah, definitely. Um, it, it, do you know what? I, I find it strange because he gave a straight red when mm-hmm, yeah. he'd already been booked. Why not just give him a second year? So it must have been something mm-hmm. uh, really bad to receive a straight red. But, but even still, um, Graham Alexander, uh, you know, he came in and he drew with St Mirren, then he drew with Rangers, and now he's lost to Aberdeen. It's his first loss. Um, that shouldn't take too much of a toll on him. You, you would expect him and Motherwell to bounce back from that, wouldn't you? Nah, definitely. I mean, no matter, I wouldn't say, maybe some teams find it difficult, but Aberdeen at Pataudry, you see that fixture, you always think it's got the potential to be a tough fixture. I mean, whether Aberdeen turn up or not, that's a different story, but I wouldn't say he's been fully judged in this. He's, I think he's still got time to build something here and I know they're lower down the leagues, but I think there's still that faith that he will be able to do that and bring them back up possibly for a top six push. But I think now he's about giving him time to sort of rest into the team and get his ideas across. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm um, just taking a look a uh, look at the table. They're they're in eleventh place, but they're one point behind Ross County and on level with Hamilton. So, you know, the, the relegation battle, as I called it last week, is is heating up a bit more. Um Vindication for McInnes. Uh, you know, we mentioned them getting beat 4 1 by uh, Ross County last week. They've now, you know, bet Motherwell. Could he feel, you know, slightly vindicated, you know, the pressure lifting off him a wee bit? Or is it a case of, well, he's beat, you know, close to the bottom of the league? It shouldn't really be pressure off it. That should be like an expectation. What do you think of that? I mean, definitely, especially after losing 4-1 to Ross County last week, they've bounced back well. Sometimes you might expect teams, if they're lo- sort of lose a game like that, they might struggle to bounce back. So I think he'll definitely be happy with that. He's been under pressure as well with a few banners popping up outside the stadium. Obviously, that's not large areas of the Aberdeen sport, but there's a few supporters who you see sort of voicing their opinion about him. I know Mother were low down, but as I said, they've got a, sort of, they've got a good squad and they should really be higher up. So and drawn with Rangers last week, I think that shows that they can perform, so I'm sure he'll be happy with a, a solid 2-0 win. Yeah, no, definitely, I don't think he can complain, he's now taken Aberdeen to four points, um, is it four points? Yeah, four points off of Celtic, um, in the race for second place. Um, wasn't too many more talking points in that game, um, I thought you know the goals were, were decent, Um from from an Aberdeen perspective, Ryan Hedges obviously had a had a few chances at goal, um, but not much more to talk about. Um, so move on to the sort of second game of the the Saturday, um, Rangers versus Ross County. Um, well, what did you think of the game as a whole? There, 
Yeah, I wasn't too surprised to sort of see that result. I mean, John Hughes likes to, we know how he likes to set up his team, he likes to be on the front foot and playing out. So seeing a 5 0, you weren't surprised, especially at Ibrooks. A bit defensively, there are, it wasn't great for Ross County in certain aspects. It could have been much better, but with the form that Rangers are in, it's certainly not a shot by any means. Yeah, no, I can't disagree with that. You mentioned, you know, Ross County's defence, and I think, yeah, Kibiti, um, you know, had the ball in the middle of the park and went to as if he dragged back, went to drag it back, and Morelos just chased him down and um, obviously led up to the, the penalty. But, um, yeah, they, they didn't they didn't cover themselves in glory. And, you know, last week we were talking about Ross Laidlaw, um, you know, with performances like against Aberdeen that, it could, you know, be a platform for him to, you know, to get a move away. But I don't think you can sort of lay any blame at his door. I think it was more the the fact that the the defense just, you know, get ran ragged. Um, did you did you think it was a a penalty? Yeah, I think he's he's trying to just nick the ball away from Morelos, and you know, see if Morelos feels contact, he's going to go down. And in that situation, the referee's only choice is to give a penalty. I mean, and John Hughes is probably not. He's disappointed he's given away the ball, but in terms of trying to keep it and play, it's probably something he's encourages the defenders to do. So he's sort of stuck with that. He doesn't mean to give away the ball, but it's sloppy. It's sloppy from the defense from the defensive sort of side of things. Try to keep it. You need to be better than that. And if you're getting pressed by a team like Rangers with somebody like Morelos, you just, sometimes you just need to clear out the park. So no, but I definitely think it was a penalty. Yeah. No. Again, I I can't have any complaints about that. Um it was poor to, to be to be honest with you. Um surprised Tavernier missed, you know, I think before that he, he obviously missed against Aberdeen, but I think he scored nine penalties or something this season. Yeah, he scored a ridiculous amount. I think top scorer is mental for a right back, but sometimes maybe you just go through this law. I think he had, he had a spell last season like, where he missed a few and Rangers sort of switched to takers, but I think he'll still be the taker. You think with the confidence being sky, I mean, he's missed his last two, obviously, but you would you wouldn't be surprised if he was to step up, take a penalty next week, and put in the top corner or something. Yeah, no, again, you, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that either. He's got an eye for a penalty. He loves a penalty tavernier. Um, again, some decent goals from Rangers. Uh, Ryan Kent, you know, the to open the score, it was a great header, and um, not something you see from the guy quite a lot, but it was a, it was a good goal. Um, there was one from. Uh, Hollander as well, another bullet header. In the, the lead up to that goal, I seen I don't know what Ross County player it was, but they hit the deck and I seen someone on Twitter saying that you know that, that shouldn't have been a goal because uh the Ross County player was fouled. I personally didn't see anything when I seen the seen the replays of the goal. I didn't see there was anything Hollander did wrong. Maybe maybe I've just not seen something, but um I thought it was a good goal and then obviously Joe Aribo with his uh, it was a sublime effort for mm. the third um, I think that's his fifth goal of the season now. So you know they're, they're scoring some some good goals. Ryan Jack back from injury, he scored, and then obviously Connor Goldson. I think has scored eight for the season. Um, I think that's just one behind Edward. Um, so I some some great goals from from Rangers. Now they extend their lead to twenty three points at the top of the table, looking uncatchable. Um, <sighs> Not much more, I suppose. Just, you could... just touching, just touching on those goals. I think Jared will be, he'll be pleased. I mean, five different goal scorers—that's always pleasing, and it's all different types of goals. You've got two set pieces. You've got a sort—I wouldn't say scrappy header, but he's he's found the area and he's went in there and he's put it in the net. A rebo, brilliant finish. 
don't think there's much Loris Vedloy or the good performances you've mentioned could do about it. I mean, poor defended from Larkin. Just a sloppy leg hanging out, but you can't do anything about the finishing whenever he goes on that sort of form. And I think, obviously, the one that JR mentioned was his favourite goal was around Jack Winner. It was a brilliant piece of play mm. and right out from the back, almost every player involved. Those are sort of the goals you must love as a manager, the sort of thing you work on a training ground. And it must be brilliant to see you sort of come off right from the left back area, you're penned in and you've got you're playing out, starts with sort of Zungu turning and spreading the play, and they just know when to penetrate the Ross County defence. So, certainly, five good goals that Jared uh, will be happy with. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, five different goal scorers, as you say. Um, I think my the best goal for me was probably the Aribo one, but I think the Kent ones are, would be a little bit underrated just because it's it's not something you see from them. But yeah, no, five five decent goals and extends their points at the top of the table, but it also extends the goal difference. Um, Which is like another point, no honesty. Yeah, that's what people always say. Like if you've got a superior goal difference, like a large one, it, I think it's twenty odd, isn't it, something like that. Yeah, um, so they're, they're flying, they're on fire. Um, obviously, there wasn't many other um, games on this weekend bar the two Betfred Cup semi-finals. Um, if we move on to that, the one on Saturday, St Johnston versus Hibernian. Um, you know, they've booked, St Johnston have booked their place at Hamden uh, with a 3-0 thrashing of Hibs. Um, some decent goals. I think Jason Kerr with the first header um, was phenomenal. Um and then I suppose that the other two goals were poor defending from Hibs, I would say. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think in recent weeks or months, it's sort of been synonymous times with poor defending. The Jason Kerr one is a great head. I, big fan of Jason Kerr in terms of he's a young young player, captain St. Johnson, and he's gone up there and he's bullied someone like Ryan Portis, who isn't the softest of defenders. We know the reputation that Portis has got. So to go up there and pretty much bully him out and Smashing the top corners, superb. The other two, again, poor defended for Hibs. It's just something that will disappoint Jack Ross. They did have chances in the first half. I think they'd hit the woodwork twice. Jamie Murphy, especially. I can't believe, just looking back, I can't believe he'd missed that. He'd missed the first opportunity. He came back. He's trying to be clever and dink it over Xander Clark, but you've just, got to, you've just got to put that home rather than try and be fancy. So, yeah, Jack Ross disappointed. Cam Davison sure will be delighted at getting, getting the Saints to Hamden again. Yeah, no, definitely. I think. Was the last time they they were in a final or semi final was it twenty fourteen? Um, it's been a long time for them, but you know this could be could be their year. Um, I thought St Johnston managed to get themselves into some really great spots, um, especially for the third goal. I thought that was a a great a great bit of play, um, and then just firing the ball across the line and uh, just for the tap in was it? Um, oh, his name's when it was it Conway. Yeah, yeah, finish the last one. Yeah, no, that was a that was a good goal. Um, Hibs will feel a little bit demoralised from that, you would think, because they'd gone into the tie. They were they were favourites. Um, just because of it, it's Hibs, it's that people would have expected them to win more than St Johnston. Um, does that put a dent in Hibernian's run for the rest of the season? Do you think? Yeah, look, it's a massive chance for them to win a cup. As much as these teams are sort of coming on from like Livingston, who I'm sure we'll go into, it's a massive chance for you to win a trophy for a team like Hibs, especially in recent years when they've had to they've had to beat top sides. They've came up against Celtic a number of times in cup semi-finals and fallen short, which is probably expected. But when you've got this chance, it's no no fault to St. Johnson. 
you'd, you'd think Hibs would be the favourites going into that game and they'll be disappointed. You could tell Jack Ross is disappointed. I think even you've seen a bit of frustration coming from him. He's usually such a calm and collected figure, but you could see he was getting a bit angry by it. So it's definitely an opportunity missed. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, all right, let's move on to the second Betfred Cup semi-final. Livingston versus St Mirren. Do you know what? I, I feel like we come on here every week and we're, <laughs> we're, we're waxing lyrical about Livingston and, and David Martindale. They just seem to push on again. They really are a machine. Um, you know, when the tie came out, you were expecting Livingston to, to beat St Mirren just because... David Martindale's done such a good job with them. Although the game, you know, I think David Martindale said, you know, it wasn't pretty football at times. Um, it was two small clubs wanting to get to the final. Um, but, you know, the goal that they got, it was a good goal. Um, I think they fully deserve to go to the final. I think they're favourites for the final. Um, what did you think of the game as a, as a whole overall, though? Yeah, I think it looked a bit, a bit of a scrappy one, but it's what you're expecting. Like you say, two small, smaller sides got the chance to get a final. It's going to be a sort of nervy game and maybe not expecting the best football to be in this play. It's about winning that game rather than play who can play the best. So both sides going into it, they would have been nervous, but Martin Dale will be absolutely delighted to get into that. He's doing an incredible job. I don't get this test of character they're doing. I think it's here on Tuesday. It's a bit poor in my opinion. He's been involved in the game for years. He's been at Levy for years First as a volunteer and coming through, even assistant manager. Now he's manager. He's doing an incredible job. Probably one of the well, is one of the form teams in Scotland at the moment. The goal, I think, it just sums up Livingston. To be honest, the desire you get when the first flick on, it's maybe not the amazing ball, but when the first flick on, if Ambrose is on at the second, hits the bar, and who's first to react in the box? It's Robinson to tap it home. Yeah, uh, it was a great. You would expect if Ambrose to to hit the target and score. Um, but again, Scott Robinson just pops up, gets another goal. He's, he's been on fire this season for Livingston, really dragging them on. Um, as you mentioned, uh, David Martindale has a um, has a fitting proper test of his character on on Tuesday. Do you know what? From a, a point of view, um, the SFA have hired Malky Mackay. This is uh, You know, someone who was outed as a racist and they hired him uh what, what was his term is it performance director or, uh, or some i don't even know so you know it, it, how they can hire him and he's even in the scotland job for a bit like i think for one game yeah exactly and now they're they're having a, a debate over whether or not david martindale's prior convictions uh should mean that he you know he shouldn't he shouldn't be the manager of livingston like Honestly, do do me a favor. That's I don't even know what you call it. It's just it's just not good enough, in in my opinion, to be honest. Um, I I think I, I do think he'll be fine. I do think no, 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 definitely. I can they, I imagine the outrage if he wasn't. You know. Yeah, I, exactly. Um, you know, I think Levy would appeal it. Um, I think they would have every right to appeal it because at the end of the day, um. You know, if someone's been in prison, um, and let, let's be honest, okay, he was he was in prison because he did he did something really bad. You know, he served his time. He was in from two thousand and four to two thousand and ten. He, you know, he did his time. He's been punished. That that's it. Just move on. That I mean, that's that's my opinion. You know, he's volunteered with Livy. He's been there for a good number of years. 
and no one had a problem with it. So what's the problem now? The guy's done his time. Just let him go on with his life and stop bringing up the past. I'm sure he he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want the past being brought up. I know from a personal point of view, I wouldn't want someone bringing up my past if I'd known I'd done something wrong and and stupid, especially if I'd been punished for it. So yeah, no, it's it's not it's not great, is it? No, I definitely agree with that. I think she's speaking to him and even see his interviews, he's just a top man. And I think even, in, you say you even want to speak about it, but even see if he's asking interviews, he's very open and he says about how he's learned from experiences. And he's just a perfect example for people that maybe are looking to change their lives because he's, he's absolutely turned his life around. He was, back then, he was probably in the worst situation and he's got out and he's found this chance and he deserves it for working so hard and turning his life around. So try and disregard that and say he's not fit and proper. I just think it's not on. Yeah, nah, it's it's not good enough from from the SFA. Um, but here's hoping they, they you know they, they find in his favour because he's done a great job with Livingston. Um, and you know he's, he's taken them forward. I, I, I don't have a history book, but you know his, his performance with Livingston in the top flight has just been nothing short of incredible. I don't know if it's record breaking, but it's certainly as incredible. Um, so that that was all the games from the weekend. Um. Unfortunately, there was only four, so it's, it's going to be a shorter episode today. Um, but we do have a full card um, in midweek. Um, I suppose, Lewis, if we just go down the list that I've got here, um, you can, we can give our predictions on it and see what we think. So the first game I've got is Dundee United versus Mirren. How do you see that one going? Yeah, I think that could be a big one in terms of the, the top six. Because Dundee United, they're sitting in six right now. But St Mirren, obviously, I think they are a few points behind at the minute, but they've got about two or three games in hand them, so it could be a big one in that sort of top six race. St Mirren, they had a good spell under Jim Goodwin in the last few weeks have sort of fallen off. That's sort of beat off St Johnston and, and now Livingston. He'll be hoping they can bounce back. You've got players like Eamon Brophy are still sitting on and I think he'll st- he's still to come good. You're maybe getting a few tactical tweaks wrong. That's what I thought he did on Sunday. I think you need to start with the, the front two with Brophy and maybe somebody a little weaker and I think we've seen towards the end they were getting a few more chances with that so it'll certainly be an intriguing time but <laughs> with Dundee United being the draw specialists you wouldn't uh, you could see that happening <laughs> <laughs> what what would your scoreline prediction be then? Uh, I'll go for a 1-1 then since they're the draw specialists <laughs> a 1-1 I'll go for that um, don't think I can really disagree with that um, you know Dundee United they're in 6 they're, I think they're 5 or 6 points ahead but as you mentioned St Mirren have a game in hand so it is a big game and in terms of of the top six, um, I've got I don't know I just I like the way Jim Goodwin's going about. Yeah, it. no, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. With St. Mirren, um, I, I I'm going to go for a, a two 0 St. Mirren. Um, I don't know why. Just got a feeling. Um, I hope nobody takes these predictions on and goes and puts a bet on because <laughs> I don't want to cost any money. But I, um, I wouldn't bet on my prediction. But yeah, I'm going to say two 0 St. Mirren. Um. The next one I've got is Livingston versus Kilmarnock. You know, we've just been waxing lyrical about Livingston there. Um, they're in great form. Kilmarnock, though, um, you know, they've, their results have been up and down, but they are in seventh. Um, they're only, I think it's four, four points behind Dundee United. So they're, they're not far off the top six. Livingston are obviously in fifth. They are um, on 32 points. So, you know, it's not a big um, game in terms of it could de- decide top six because even if Kilmarnock win, they're, they're not going to get into the top six. But 
Um, I, I think it'll be an, an intriguing tie, um, and both teams will be well versed in playing on the, the plastic park. So it'll make for an interesting game. I'll, I'll probably say 2-1 Livingston. What about yourself? Yeah, the Battle of Ashford Tough Parks, I think, this one is. So, no, but it'll be an intriguing one. At the minute, you literally can't see past Livingston and Martindale. They're, they're absolutely flying. Kilmarnock, as you mentioned, they're a bit up and down at the minute. They've, they had a bad spell of losing games, but then they've sort of picked up a few more points, and then I think they've lost again. So it's it's about bouncing back for them. And Dyer will be looking to do that, but it's against one of the most informed teams in the league. So... I th- again, I think I was going to say similar, so 2 0 Livingston for me as well. Yeah, it's, it's hard to look past that. Um, all right, the next game is Ross County versus Motherwell. Uh, Ross County obviously just off a 5 0 thrashing from Rangers. Uh, Motherwell just off a 2 0 uh, beaten by Aberdeen. Um, I think that game will be a very interesting one. Um, I think it's one that Graham Alexander will look to. To win, it's a it's a relegation battle. Um, you know, Motherwell win, they go above Ross County. Uh, Ross County win, they stride three points clear. Um, sorry, they stride uh, with a three point win, and it takes a gap to four points. It then starts to become it's just Hamilton and Motherwell down at the bottom too. Um, so I think that could be a really interesting one. But I like the way Graham Alexander's going about his business. Um, as well as I do like what John Hughes is doing at Ross County, but I'm going to say Motherwell have the better players. I'm going to say a, a 1-0 uh, Motherwell win. What about yourself? Yeah, no, it's definitely an intriguing game. Probably one of the more intriguing games on Wednesday. Two new managers both looking to come. They've got some decent results. Obviously, Alexander's still waiting for the first win, but I would say if you look at his results, they've been, they've been sort of a decent start. You wouldn't expect to get that draw off a of a ranger, so it's definitely an interesting one. I think it's both two sides that will try and play as well. It's going to be a sort of attacking game. We've seen that from Motherwell against Aberdeen, they were trying to play out for the back, and obviously, we know what John Hughes is like. So, uh, I'll, I'm going to go another draw. I think one each, both sides will sort of cancel each other out, and Alexander will still be looking for that first one. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that as well. Um, definitely be an interesting one. Uh, St Johnston versus Aberdeen. Um, you know St Johnston now riding high, three 0 winners against Hibs. Aberdeen also could be riding high. They've just beaten Motherwell. They could be looking to get their their league form going, get get a run going. Um, I think this one will be a an interesting one, but I'm I'm gonna say I, I think it I think it'll be a draw, and I'm gonna go for a high scoring two two draw. Um, what about yourself? Yeah, St Johnston obviously flying high now. They've got that. They've got to that League Cup final. So there'll be players. Uh, I know it's. I know it's next month, but there'll be players now playing for their place in that final. So maybe that could give them the extra edge to sort of push on in the league as well and try and get climb up the table a bit more, push for that top six. Aberdeen, it's, you'd expect sort of a usual Aberdeen performance, but then at this stage, who knows? We've seen in two different weeks going to beat Motherwell, but then the week before seen Ross County. I still think Aberdeen might might edge this one, so I'll say just as the last game was two one Aberdeen. Can see that between the two sides that is. So I think um, for for Aberdeen, you know the incentive will be there. Well, Celtic are only four points ahead. They've already wasted one of their games in hand. You know that that could be a target. So um, if they can if they can use that as a sort of thing to drive them on, 
could could be a could be a good game. Um, the next game that we have uh, is Celtic versus Hamilton Academical. Um, not spoke about Celtic uh, today because obviously they weren't playing. Didn't have a great game in midweek in terms of the result. Um, if you had asked me this last year, um, what would the score be? I would probably say about five or six nil to Celtic. Um, since it's this year, I, I don't know what, what the result's going to be. And I, I find that going into every Celtic game, you're, you're, you're thinking, I don't know if we'll win this game. Um, you know, obviously the last game, was it New Douglas Park or is it the, they've, they've called it something else. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> um, you know, it was a comfortable win, but I, I, I don't know now. Um, I still expect Celtic to win it. I think it'll be a slog um, of a game though. And I'm, I'm going to say 2 0 Celtic. Um, I think it'll be a really tough one. Um, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what about yourself? <laughs> that just sums up Celtic recently. You don't know what to expect going into these games. Like, usually you'd expect, uh, again, no disrespect to, to Hamilton, but you would expect that Parkhead that to be a sort of easy victory for the side, but you just don't know what to expect from Celtic. The manager position, nothing's changed, which was unexpected, especially after Wednesday night's draw. I say unexpected, but I suppose that's been expected all season. I've just seen that Frank Lampard's been installed as one of the one of the more likely candidates in in the bookies already. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think people turn their nose up to to managers. Um, I, I wouldn't say I would turn my nose up to Frank Lampard, but. You know, when you see other names that are being touted about that have been in management longer, um, you know, you, I would tend to go with one of them. You know, Eddie Howe has been the name that's mm. been been thrown around a lot. Um, if it was between him and Lampard, I would have to say Eddie Howe. But okay. I wouldn't. I would never, never turn my nose up to Lampard if he was, if he was, say, he was the only guy that that Celtic were interested in, and he was interested in Celtic. Then I would say, yeah, what? Why not? But. You know, if it was between him or how or Benitez, uh, you know, I would choose one of those two. Um, one thing, one thing that sort of does intrigue me about Lampard is, I know it, maybe it was forced a little, but as you say, youngsters at Chelsea in terms of Mason Mount, I know Tamori's moved on now, but last season, Billy Gilmore, even Reese James, there's been a few youngsters here, so that would be intriguing for me. But obviously, there's <laughs> we've still got Neil Lennon in the job. We don't know what's going to happen with that. <laughs> so no, but I think in terms of Wednesday night. You'd expect Celtic to win. Who knows? But at Parkhead, I'll I'll say the same as you. Two 0 Celtic. Yeah, it's a hard one to to predict because you just don't know what Celtic are gonna gonna show up. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, and then probably arguably the biggest game of the night. Um, one that probably a lot of people will be interested in. Cause it's the one. It's the only one on TV. Um, will be Hibs versus Rangers. Um, if I'm being honest, I, I can't see anything bar a Rangers win here. Um, a comfortable Rangers win, to be honest. Um, you know, Hibs have been up and down lately. Um, they've just been knocked out of the League Cup uh, by by St Johnston. I, Rangers are flying. I, I really find it hard to see Rangers not picking up the three points from this. Um, so I'm going to say three 0 Rangers. Um, a lot of people might be surprised at that, but I I genuinely don't see Hibs taking too much off them. Um, 
especially just with our form at the moment. What about yourself? No, definitely. I think going to Easter Road is a tough in a tough place to go, and you wouldn't the way Hibs perform, you would not be too surprised to see them turn up. To be honest, sometimes that's what they do. They don't turn up in these some games, and then when Rangers or Celtic come to town, they they turn up. But just with the form Rangers, I don't see them being stopped at all. Obviously, Hibs were one of the teams to stop them at Easter Road in a two each draw early in the season. Both sides just seem to be sort of at the opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of form at the minute. So you'd expect Rangers to come out and top. I'll say three one Rangers. Yeah, it'll it'll be an interesting game, but I'd, I think it'll be it'll be too much um, for for Hibs to to handle. And you know, I, I think we said um, back in one of the first episodes uh, covering Scottish football that if Rangers went and bet um, Aberdeen um, got got points at Motherwell and beat Hibs, then you know the the league then is over if it's not already over. Um, so this is their last big sort of hurdle to, to get over. We're not even out of January. So, you know, it's it'll be a game they'll want to win. Um, but then I suppose the incentive will be there for Hibs to be like, well, we want to be the team to stop Rangers. But even at that, I still I still don't see it. So I'm going to stick with my 3 now. But it'll be an, it makes for an interesting um, card of, of football uh, this midweek. Um I don't think there's anything more to, to talk about. We've discussed Neil Lennon um, in Celtic. We've discussed Martindale, uh, Levy. Uh, we've discussed the games at the weekend, uh, including the Betfred Cup. Um, I don't think there's too much more that, that we really need to, to go over. Um, so other than that, uh, not much more left to talk about. Uh, we will see you again next Monday at 4pm on Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcasts.